Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I'm your host, Brittany Brummerocker, and I'm joined by Nick Voodoo. Hello, world. Hello, Nick. And we're. It doesn't have the same impact as BAM! It doesn't. Suck. You want to try that I'll again? I'll think of something new. Hello, uh, Nick. Bam. Oh, God. That was a boner kill. That was limp dick. All right. We are also Aww. joined by In Transit 74, a.k.a. Brad. Hello. Hello. I told you, everybody, I would get this guy on, and I did. Dude, your Skype icon is a person riding a bike. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's Danny Pedrosa. He's a All MotoGP right. writer. He's, he's awesome. That is pretty awesome. Now, my, Brad, mine's my picture from like ten years ago. I see a question mark. <laughs> His existence was questionable ten years ago. Maybe that's because you're not uh, my little friend. Little did anyone know I was the Riddler. Oh. Oh. So that's, that's in your question riddle mark me this, dream. riddle me that. So that is your picture from from ten years ago when you were the Riddler. Damn straight. <laughs> so Brad, we met at PAX Prime, right? But before that. It, was that another PAX? No. Had? No, your memory. Oh, Britt, you're 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 breaking my heart here. I'm sorry. We're, we're alive I'm... in the flesh. Oh! <laughs> I was on. Remember, I was the I was the goober that um, Greg called up on stage, and then I've I brain farted the answer, and then I was like, oh, Bert, and then I was like, oh, go get a go get a T-shirt, and then I almost grabbed one off the wall. <laughs> 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 you guys. That was you. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 not there, in the back. And I was just, because I was so nervous, because, like, I had, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so awesome. Uh, yeah, that was, that was so totally fail. It was great. Wait, wait, wait. Was, you tried to grab a shirt off the wall I almost us, did. Right? Remember, because, like, remember, because yes. it was at the uh, Meltdown Comics, right? <laughs> yes. And then, like, the picture is, like, you had, like, the, the event shirt, um, uh-huh. and then, the, like, the rules of the tower, and they're, like, pinned up on the wall behind you guys. Yes. Yeah, on the stage. And then I went to like, I was like, walk there. And then Greg's like, no, no, no. That, not one of those. That was so funny. That's uh, right. Yeah. Oh, God. We I'll never forget that. Biggest blast making fun of that during the chat, in the chat room. That was fun. That was oh, the, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to give you guys See, now LOLs. I totally remember you like it was yesterday. You should have told me that's who you were at PAX and I would have remembered. Oh, well. You know, it's and, it's not my most shining moment, so... No, but it is. It's a good moment. <laughs> That's funny. So, I'm going to interview you about your fascination with our life. So, how did you come to learn of it? Podcast Beyond or Game Scoop. Of course, Greg Miller, yep. even when he's not here. Even you know? when he's not here, he has his little imprint on the show. I'm sure his ego just went up through the roof. Um, Let's see, who is your favorite character in Rare Life? I have two. And okay. it, coincidentally... They're the two lovebirds, Saul and Lizzie. <gasps> I thought you were going to say Saul and Victor. Ooh. Oh, snap. Bang biscuit. Yeah. So what do you want to see come out of this relationship between Saul and Lizzie? Um, I think to, to, uh, to copy one of your, um, it'd be a super boner kill mm-hmm. if, yes. um, if they both end up dead. Yes, it would. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that he gets her back in some sort of like epic, um, you know, 
firefighters. I don't know something. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that something's going to come out of this new relationship. That, I, but I, I might be, you know, jumping the gun here. Like a here. baby. Um. Well, that. But um, it seems that there may be potential for a new ally there because I think we were all worried about what was going to happen. Um, with Victor and Saul, since mm-hmm. they're you know separated from the rest of the group now. I think a lot of people have been thinking, or at least I know friends of mine that I've been talking to thought that they're probably going to just kill him off. But now with the new developments that happened in, oh, and I thought like kind of head exploding, um, Mm. you know, twist that they added in part three of this Uh last episode. I think, you know, I don't think that we're close, anywhere close to the closure of Victor and Saul's journey to find Lizzie. So I will agree with that statement, sir. As will I. Good job, Nick. Well, cool, dude. It's awesome to finally have you on. After, I don't know. I, th- I think we wanted you on like back in season or the first season of We're Not Dead, which was, oh, I don't know, six months ago. See, yeah. Yeah. And then you canceled on me like four times. It wasn't four times. It I was swear to God. Times. It was like, yeah, okay, three. I'll give you three. <laughs> I'm not I'm counting. I'm a woman of my word and you were on this show, damn it. So don't complain, Brad, uh, or I'm going to cut you off from this conversation. I'm sure she'll do it to too. Here. She did it to me. I don't doubt it. I did do that to you? Yeah. Oh, I did. That was Greg that cut you off on the live you show. Told yeah, him you to told him to. Thank you. Oh, I did. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. I knew I liked you. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm an asshole. So let's get to this. Um, what a funny one. Show called, a show called We're Not Dead. So uh, like I was telling Nick and Brad before we started recording, my notes were kind of murdered by Microsoft Word. I have notes up to a certain point, but after that, we're all three just going to kind of wing it and... um. Hopefully deliver an epic recap for you. It'll be podcast gold. I can feel it. Oh, absolutely. Feel it in my nuggets. Ah, no. I kicked my rifle up at him and as I pulled the trigger, he missed. But not by much. Asphalt sprayed onto my face. The rifle had surprised him. Ended up dropping his baton. I grabbed it and swung at what I hoped was his right arm. It was just enough to knock the gun out of his hand as he fired a second shot. I spun and reached to grab it. As I felt his arm go around my neck, everything started to go fuzzy. Let him go, now, or your brain meets the concrete. (coughs) Wait, we need him. Don't. After a brief struggle, Victor saves the day. And by the day, I mean he saves Saul. Saul instructs Victor not to kill him, the person that was fighting with Saul. And just about that time, we hear a roar from Pip-Bass Zombie or whatever it is we're calling him now. Saul fetches the truck, and when when he pulls up to Victor and our mystery friend, the mystery friend turns out to be an Asian chick. This is good. Bah ha ha. Ha ha. That's what Victor called her. All right. So Saul grabs this chick and pulls her into the back of the truck, where they continue to struggle. God, just tell me where the rest of you are. I don't know. Gone or dead. Saul asks her where the rest of them are. She says they're either gone or dead. He continues questioning her when a light bulb goes off in Victor's head, and he then reminds Saul that the prison at the mall that the Maulers hailed from was all male, or to quote Victor, there were no chicks there. What? Victor then realizes yeah. that she probably thinks he and Saul are the Maulers themselves. In the struggle, she manages to pull out Saul's pick line. After they sort of kind of calm down, the woman asks if Saul and Victor are 
the ones, quote, the stealing, stealing her shit, shit, and that no, they're lucky they didn't step on wife. any of the mines. You're lucky you didn't step on the mines. Victor is assisting Saul with his ID. Reluctantly, Saul introduces himself, but the woman doesn't trust him yet. Saul asks her, Saul asks if she wants him to show her his ID. Bitch, you want to see my ID? But she says it could be fake they as, quote, those. they were collecting those. To yours. prove himself, Saul has to tell her all about his rifle and answer a question about it. If you're not a soldier, then who are you? Me? I'm an insurance salesman. Seriously? I, look, it was among other jobs. We find out Victor was an insurance salesman and that it was one amongst other jobs. I'm, I'm, that I'm was very, pretty funny. I'm interested to know what those other jobs are because being an insurance salesman doesn't necessarily make you out to be the pimp-ass dude that he is that is all like awesome and victor E. Like, I can't. I just can't imagine him being an insurance salesman. I like Saul's response where he's just like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like, really? Partners. Yeah, you could say that. Wait, Wait no. Um, no they are way. then accused no, of being <clears throat> partners, which was a really funny moment. To which they agreed, and then they said, oh Wait, God, no! No, and then she's like, oh, he's like, we help each other out, or we help each other stay alive. It's yeah, just, yeah you, you help each other out. <laughs> it's, you know, if, so we take care of needs. Um, Saul asks her if she's you seen the Maulers, and she says she hasn't seen them in a while. Eventually, them? she tells them that... Not for a while. Eventually, he tells her that How he's looking for someone. She says she might have some information that could assist them. So they come to an agreement where Saul and Victor will be blindfolded, and she will drive them to her, quote, home. And that is where my notes end. So, let's rack our brains and put together an awesome uh, wrap-up to this. Well, first of all, we haven't mentioned her name, or have we we've found Chile. out her name by that. At, we've found out at that point what her name is, correct? I believe yes. so. Yes. So it's Chinway, and she drives them around in circles. Saul tries yeah. to uh, keep track of where they are and do what good army people are supposed to do when they're blindfolded: is keep track of where you've been, so you can track mm -hmm. yourself back. But she realizes what he was doing, probably, so she confused him to the point that he couldn't. Uh, figure out where he was and almost he almost got sick from it until they pull into the parking garage at uh, some building mm -hmm. where they still have to have their blindfolds on until they're actually inside the building because they could probably still identify where they are. That's when they get the blindfolds taken off. You can take those off now. Ah, finally. Damn. Nice door. I could see the gate behind us beyond the interior glass door. It was a cage with huge steel supports and layers of welded spikes pointing outwards. Long braces went into the walls and ground. Another gate, built the same way, stood in front of us on the inside of the building. It blocked the large room on the other side. I could see high arched ceilings with rugs stacked on the floor. The walls had several layers of blankets tacked up along the sides. It was some sort of large room, but it was still hard to see everything. So how do you guys have this place envisioned? Because I only heard it twice, the description, and I was having a hard time following. So what do you guys think this place looks like? Uh, it like Some of the parts sounded pretty hardcore, like the gate that the sh they had. Um, which I think, didn't he say, like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Nick, but didn't it say, like, it had spikes, like, coming out of it? Like Yeah, yeah there was some spikes involved, and that's, again, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had, I think, the same problems that you did trying to envision it, because... You know, like the tower, we knew exactly what that tower lobby looked like because it was described and it was very a very, very simple thing. And they didn't really shore up those defenses, really. Chin Wei's pad is, you know, got concrete. It's got yeah. spiked. It's got, like, you know, metal rebar. Cinder block walls like cinder that are just, block like, wall completely floor-to-ceiling. Right, and it's got concrete, like, seeping out of it. And 
you know. And it sounded like there was many entrances. They had to go in and out, in and out. And some was outside, some were inside. So then yeah. that's kind of where I started. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, I feel like whereas the tower was just one singular tower and it was just very, very mm -hmm. simple. An erect building. Yes. Well, not anymore. Now it's very flaccid. Now it's very flat. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, it sounded like they had to go through like a gate, go through a courtyard, yes. and then then they went inside right. to like this this lot like uh, apartment or hotel lobby or whatever it was. Yeah, and it could really be either either or. I would assume just for variety's sake, it's a hotel. Just because we already Victor we've seen says apartment, right? Right. Yeah, and I, I know there's apartments, but you know the hotels do the same thing. Although if it was a hotel, yeah. and it was a modern hotel. She actually wouldn't have much control of those doors because they're all electronic key tabs. I know there's keys to get in, like actual physical. There's no keys. power in that building, though. I don't think. Exactly, that's my point. She would have a hard right. time, so that's why I'm thinking apartment building, sort of like yeah. the big mega complex that you see in like a lot of cities, where it'll be it'll actually take up the entirety of like a a city block. Right. And there'll be a courtyard in the middle, and there's a parking structure in, attached to it, and right. that's what I'm sort of thinking that her building is like, but. But right. we just, we don't really know because she has. Casey, draw us a picture. Yes, please. Yeah, that'd Thank be you. great. That'll settle it. Chapter everything. twenty-seven artwork, please. Thank you. Chinway, did you block out the windows on every floor? Had to, and not all of them, just the ones that needed it. Okay, this is it, in here, my library. The apartment walls were covered in bookcases, each one filled to the brim. Stacks piled high made it hard to see carpet in areas. Kitchen cabinets had been torn out to make room for more shelves. She made her way to a section of one of the bookcases and pulled several books aside. So they make it to <laughs> they make it to the library, was what she calls it, correct? Yes, right. Okay. And that's basically one of those rooms and she just like ripped out all the cupboards and the cabinets and just basically lined every wall with like bookshelves and it's like stacked floor to ceiling with books. There's like mm -hmm. books, stacks of books because didn't like Saul described it. I think he said like it was hard to see even the carpet with like between the stacks of books. Yes. And everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And somewhere in there is a safe, well, which has yeah, all of her yeah, personal information. Don't move. Right. What are you getting? Saul freaks out. I'm getting puts his, my Points his gun at her. You keep your notes locked up. Information is too valuable. No guns in there? Not in here. Here it is. I was at one of the farms, I won't say which one, the 29th of July, 1 p.m. Several trucks were heading north along the 110. Got a map? There's one over here. Okay, so along this route. Well, that could be the route and time they were heading to the arena, right? Did Lizzie's tape say anything else? Yeah, that's probably it. Damn it! So then she pulls out her notes and says the last time she saw them was, was it July 29th? And that's when they were going north on the 110, yeah. assuming to the arena. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Saul wasn't pleased with that information. Yes. And so I want to say, she thank God more. Victor was there. <laughs> to be like the man, like the at least he has some diplomatic skills because my God, Saul is just like I know. because as Wraith will tell anyone, Saul is an irrational prick, and he's more irrational now. He is very irrational. So she says that she has more information, but she doesn't seem very willing to give it up at that point. Then Saul freaks out, and then I think he kind of go like he's breaking down almost. And I think she realizes how badly he really wants to find this girl. And is that when she then goes to her safe again, shuffles through all the paperwork, and then gives him a stack of Deal's paper? Deal's changed. Saul, chill. 
sorry, not gonna happen. We have nothing to go on right now. I'm the only one who knows a combination. Like I said, you need to leave. If you understood where we just came from- I don't from know, and I don't care to know. Victor has to step in and, and be the man of reason to be like, look, you know, you may not okay. have- you may have something that is right. important to us, and, and you, you don't, don't even know, know yeah. that it's important to us. We don't care if you have some personal stuff in there. We're, we're not interested in that. You might have something we could use and not even know it. And so then she sorts through all the stuff and then gives them a stack to to look through. Yeah, That is specifically okay. Mahler related. That is yeah. specifically Mahler related. And, that is and important. then what's the great big cliffhanger, oh. Nick? I know you love, you're oh, an actor. You tell you're not going to believe this. Epically. Check out Wait, Saul. Who? Do you see this? And he sees it, and he's like, Where Hey, why do you have why was this a file on Kalani? Why do you have a file on Kalani? It was a picture, wasn't it? We have no idea. I don't think it was actually specified what it was. I would, have to, I would imagine there has to be a picture involved, because otherwise... You know. This is how I have it pictured. I have like a manila folder, and then there's a little like mugshot of Kalani's face, like paper clipped onto the top of it. Man, don't say mugshot, because then that means that he's actually a mauler. <laughs> I know. I don't like that. So, that I mean, that, that part was fascinating. That That's when my head exploded. I was like, what? And I started thinking, like, maybe... And it, it sounds... And mm -hmm. thinking about it later, it's kind of, I thought maybe... Because I always thought that at the end of Season 2, when they find that body that's not, never specified who it is, uh -huh, and it's like barely alive. I always assumed it was Angel, but it could be Kalani. It could now. Yeah. yeah. So and, going and on this, and even to throw a little bit of support to that, not that I agree with you per se, but to support it, they found the wreckage of the helicopter, but they didn't find Kalani's body. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So just throw that um, out there into the pantheon of Kalani's a douche or Kalani's not a douche or <laughs> take from it what you will. <laughs> I miss Kalani, I gotta admit. Maybe I just miss. Um, you miss Kevin. Kevin Flood. You miss Kevin Flood's awesome. I think you, you have a Kevin voice. Flood crush, don't you? Admit it. I, I might. I might. You know, there's no denying it. You just it. want him to make dinner for you, like with all his all natural garden vegetables. I, I would love that, you know? And Elisa Elliott, she, you know, she's a garden cook. So she can make me dinner too. However, I digress. All right. So if you go um, on the forums at zombiepodcast.com slash forum, I'd say the main topic of a discussion on there is obviously, you know, Kalani's role. Yes. Um, wasn't much talk about Chin Wei, even though there was. We'll get to some of that. But um, I have a whole bunch of theories here, so I can just read through them and we can add to them. You know, topics can branch off and we'll have a good time. All right. The first one comes from Adventureless Hero. So now we can pretty much assume that Chinwei is from the other tower and could still possibly be CJ. As I heard the descriptions of how her stronghold was set up, I could not help but think the way, of the way Kalani described CJ's tower. What do you guys think about that? I think that where they went could be the old tower, possibly. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that I, I, it, there's really no other option, really, when you think of it, because we're talking mm -hmm. about cemented, and Kalani said... This place was so much more secure. Or the other tower, I'm sorry, was so much more secure than than your place. Your place is really kind of lucky that you haven't been killed yet. And you know, we get to whatever four gates that we have to get through. We get through cemented blocks and spike right. strips and all this other crap. And you know, and, oh, and the carpet on the walls so you de dampen yeah. the sound and blocked out the windows. And you know, whoever set this place up, which is presumably Chin Wei, who is presumably CJ, and Kalani's already told us CJ is kind of like awesome and really on top of her shit 
Uh-huh. It's, re- exactly. it's really, it, it's leading right to it. And if we're going to agree that Chenwei is from the other tower, and if we're, someone were to argue that this new place is not the old tower, the one other than the one that's now collapsed on the ground that um, Kalani originally came from, you know, I, I can't imagine her and the other how many survivors left, you know, probably a handful, could have the manpower to create this awesome new fortitude when she said that everyone else is now dead and that she did have help at one point. Yes. So, right. Um, so there's that. And I mean, people are saying because her name is Chinway, maybe, you know, Americans couldn't pronounce it very well. So they called her CJ because it's somewhat familiar sounding. Chinway, CJ. We're all so ignorant. It's true. You know who, you know who, where it wouldn't have happened if this took place in like Ottawa? The Canadians would have found out a way to do it. They would have found a way to say Chinway. Except they would have, they would have been, she would have been CJA. CJA. <laughs> <laughs> that was a was long way to get to that joke. That was a really was long way to get there. Was that joke for Bradley Pikepaw, that Canadian? That Canadian, that yes. Pikepaw tweeted me. I actually have something that he was he he was, he was talking to me about uh, the other tower uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. earlier today. So yes, yes, I I figured I would throw a Canadian joke in there at Pikepaw's expense. <laughs> if you don't remember, Pikepaw was a guest of ours a while ago, and he is from Canada, so we give him shit all the time. That Canadian. Um, so we have another uh, theory from Rafe. Nick's arc nemesis. Only if you can pronounce um, it right. He says, that was amazing. Bet you anything Kalani was the traitor. He infiltrated Tower 2 and they caught him. No other reason his file would be with the Maulers. I have been saying it would come down between Kelly and Kalani forever. Suck at people who thought it was Angel or Datu, cough, Nick Voodoo, cough, or anyone else. I can't <sighs> believe no one had thought the tower that Tower 2 could have had encounters with the Maulers. Or maybe someone did and I didn't see it. Either way, this was just an awesome episode. Surprise after surprise. And Chunwei has got to be CJ. And by the way, I still bring up to Wraith every time he tries to nail me on the Datu thing. Hey, mm-hmm. how's Angel doing? And how is his leadership of the tower going? <laughs> so, oh, go ahead, Britt. Oh, no, you're, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay. Um, Nick, you can, you've probably listened to it more than I have, like season one and season two. Um, I have a friend who's theory is that the rat is actually pegs the 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 pegs the pegs theory is sort of like um the designer theory air quotes there's not a whole lot of support to it but the reasons it could be pegs is because she would have thought that like the 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 more numbers involved the better off they Mm -hmm. are uh and like the sheer innocence of her personality in season one would have led her to believe that more people is better. I'm going to contact these people because they could help us in some way, shape, or form. And she's not able right. to admit to it, which is actually a really cool theory when you think of it, because it is someone that nobody really be- thinks is actually the right. Exactly. Like he he brought like he started breaking it down for me. Like it was her idea to have the party. Yep. In this before the war, um, he said he went back and listened to it. Um, <clears throat> and that remember when Pippin gets popped? Yep. Um, <laughs> with hope in the room. Mm-hmm. Um. He says, and I, I haven't had time to verify this, but he said Kalani was actually out getting the helicopter, uh, and, yes and, and Pegs was actually in the tower when it okay. when that happened. Wasn't Peg- Kalani and Datu? They're they're kind of if we never really quite know the time frame on those guys. That's how I felt about Datu. It. We know for Datu for this scenario, we know Datu uh-huh. was in the basement. Uh-huh. Uh, we know Kalani was just up on the fifth. Wait, hang on. 
the, on si- floor. The, the, the sixth floor or something like that. Whatever the hell floor he was on. He was one floor. Okay, so he two. was in the so he was in the tower. He was still in the tower because he was talking to Michael oh, awesome. with when before like when Tanya was doing the scanning of all the journals so they could get it onto like a thumb drive or whatever. Um yeah. Kalani was there telling Michael he was leaving. Then he left and he left that room. He had to go downstairs to get Datu. And then the alarm went off. You don't know how much time he he would have had to set to do the alarm, shoot, and get downstairs, because Datsu is basically his alibi, and everyone's believing Datsu that Kalani was with him at the time of the shooting. So that's yeah, where Kalani was. I remember the because there was like some really heavy breathing for the guy that pops Pip or possibly girl, but that breathing sounded like supermanish. So if it was Pegs, maybe the next um, like bomb that will be dropped is that Pegs is actually a man. Maybe Pegs is actually a super <laughs> saiyan, and man, she was just like... You know what? If that's the case, then I really have to start judging Michael a little harsher about his um, <laughs> obs- uh, his skills of observation. What did you the do that one night any. on the beach house, Michael? <laughs> Dude, um, how do you... I know all there is to know about the crying game. <laughs> Anyone? All right, we got the theory from Hardcore. He says, I think the rat's alive and that Kalani is going to be another red herring like Bill was. My inclination is to think that maybe Kalani and company crashed at LAX, were taken hostage by the Maulers, and Kalani got away and ended, about the, ended up at the other tower. I wouldn't be surprised if Chinway blames him for the other tower's collapse, but then Kalani's journals will vindicate him. I agree wholeheartedly with that because I, I like still that believe theory, the right. And I know we tackled it quite a bit on um, last season of we're not we're not dead like right after the finale of we're alive. Um, so we don't have to you know kick this horse too much more. But that's a theory I do like that you know he did maybe arrive with his hand a chick and something happened. They were captured by the Maulers. They sent Kalani to go into the other tower and he would do anything he could to help his little girl. And then eventually Hannah died and so he suicided all over the tanker. Yep, and I still hold true to the fact that I believe the rat is alive. So I don't think it's Kalani. Kalani's going to look like he's the rat, like he always has looked like he might be the rat, but I don't mm-hmm. think he is. Right. Okay, let's see here. Um, Litmaster, oh, this is another Hannah um, theory. He said, holy crap, you know, I never even thought about Hannah could equal the short head, red-headed girl until you guys just mentioned it, but it makes sense why Connie would turn Turk on the Maulers. That girl, that was my Hannah. If he meant that girl being the redhead who was shot and that was his daughter or something, then yeah, no wonder he betrayed the Maulers and common caused them. So I think a lot of people are leaning towards that theory now. Um, Undead Sweeper says, if Hope and Kalani supposedly came from the same tower, why didn't Hope's mother at the arena ever identify Kalani? Which, by the way, that was actually a very, I don't know, it's one of those things that we as an audience, and I think I responded to him as You did, as and you had saying. an interesting response, and I liked what you, how you said maybe Kalani adapted um, Samantha's story. Yes. Uh, God, I'm trying to find out, my, I can't find my response, so I'm not going to bother anymore. Yeah. Um, but basically the response was, you know, uh, if Kalani was not originally from the, we just assume that Samantha and Kalani uh, know each other because of the way that Samantha talks about him. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe she just got to know him. She spilled her guts to him when they got there. And then when he had the opportunity to escape, he assimilated himself into the story, took the pieces that worked for him, and used it now as his own background. Right. That's a solid... I like that. It's a really... That's I actually re- <clears throat> that's a really intriguing theory to me. And I, I, th- I think I'd thought about it at one point, and then I just dismissed it. Because I just was, oh no, Casey wouldn't do that. I was like, oh yes he would. Yeah. Casey will do anything. He will. I mean, Mr. Whiskers, you know, could be the rat. I mean, you never know. Um, I agree. He's a lolcat. 
<laughs> I'm in your computer stealing all your data. He's <laughs> probably the one that screwed up my Microsoft notes. Um, Paolo912, Skittles has been stealing from the farms. I like that theory. I mean, you never know. You never know. What? You don't think so? I don't. But that's just because... I, I, Skittles isn't the stealing type. Skittles! Besides. Skittles! <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I, th- I feel like everyone just wants to keep inserting Skittles into the story and he, they want him to well, come yeah. and show up and, and I, th- again, I think the power is his hit and miss ability. But I mean, Skittles is like Rain Man. How can you not love? <laughs> He's just one of those characters, you know, we've been teased with them, but we want more. It's like, you can't have just one Skittle. You have to have the whole bag. <laughs> oh. Snap. All right. So we'll move on from Skittles. But you um, can't eat just one. You can't just no, you De- can't. Isn't that definitely, the definitely Skittles? Skittles, yeah. Um, let's see here. <laughs> this is another interesting theory from Werewolf. The hooded girl is Datu's ex. It was Datu that skipped out on his kids, and Datu's ex-wife followed Datu here to collect his his child support. <laughs> um, Chenwei is definitely like more of a um southeastern asian not really filipino so that's like definitely like she's either like chinese or thai (laughs) i mean after all you know casey's already thrown in the whole tanya saw relationship i doubt he would throw in you know like a relative relationship like dad to and his ex right i mean otherwise it's totally plausible (laughs) all right um she found the last operating plane in the philippines after the outbreak (laughs) flew over by herself child support um, yeah, someone's got their priorities kind of mixed up, I think. <laughs> I, I want my child support. I don't want to live. I want my you know, money. I always think that's an interesting thing to ponder. You know, let's say the zombie apocalypse occurs tomorrow. How many people do you think are going to stick to the materialistic things? Like, how many are going to go to try to rob a bank or, you know, go to a cashier and steal all the money out of the register? Money's going to be worthless, though. It is the worthless. The stupid ones will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. obviously we're prepared and we'll survive ride the whole thing out like it's just fine. But, you know, it's something to think about because you always read about that in typical stories. You know, always talks about the looters. And at first they went after all the cash and then they realize, you know, it's pointless. And then it just comes something of irrelevance later on. Interesting. Anyway, <clears throat> let's see here. Here's one from Nathan Louise. He says, one idea I had that hasn't been said yet is that the thing on Kalani, that maybe the file on Kalani just got mixed up with the Maulers in the notes. With the amount of notes Chinwei had, it's entirely possible that that's, when she was sorting them, she could have accidentally put one of related to Kalani in the pile. I would say maybe, but I think she was very thorough because she did make it. She's way too thorough yeah, to make yeah, a mistake Yeah, like I think that. she made a specific point to say, you know, let me sort them. And Kalani said she spent, what, like 15 minutes? I don't know, sorting yep, yeah sorting through all of them and so i think that note was in there from casey to be like okay she's being very thorough about this stuff yes i mean look at the way that she prepared her fortress i mean there's like she's definitely and i mean you know i think some of the note, some of the little hints that we got mm-hmm. from uh casey and um the way that she carries herself um the way like her preparedness um you know the way she drilled um saul when to prove that he was military you know she obviously knew like when she asked like tell me about your gun yeah you know she knew what would be bs or not right like she wasn't just like oh yeah tell me about your gun and not knowing you know the shit that he was about to spout out of his mouth exactly. so yeah, so I think that – I mean, it's an interesting thought, but I think don't think that's the case. Um, Gobby says, if you were to write or scratch, would you place someone like Kalani in that niche expertise in the ability to train others in harm's way and use them as a bait or mole? 
And that's another interesting thing, you know. Um, you know, if they knew what Kalani could do, why would they would they really risk him getting shot? If you, that's to, that's to say, they knew what he did. If, if they, they didn't knew know what he did, right? If they didn't know, then obviously there's no point. That we've seen what they're capable of doing to you know take in terms of taking slaves of people. Mm-hmm. So we know they're capable of doing horrific things to pe- to other human beings. But if they didn't, if they did know. Um, maybe they just didn't consider flying an option because they were right by LAX. The mall is relatively right. close to it. They would have, that'd be one of the first places they would have explored. They would have seen that there was no hope of, um, and getting I, out flying. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't matter. I could see him keeping that to himself too. Cause I'm sure all along his ultimate goal was to leave with Hannah. And so, you know, he probably wouldn't want to tell them that he could fly. Right. Um, okay. Let's see here. Um, Tandon brought up another little point. I'm not sure if anyone has mentioned this or if it matters, but I'd guess that Chinway is not former military. When reading her journal entries, she uses 1 p.m. instead of 1300. I just thought that was worth mentioning. And then some other Very people, observant forms, foreign people. Right. Responded with, well, you know, I'm military. I'm not military. And I use this form. I use this format. Blah, blah, blah. But it's an interesting note. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then another topic was um, that dead guy at the topple tower and that note in his pocket. So how did he get that? You know, option A, this is all from Litmaster. Option A says he was a mauler who either was found or was informed about, who either found or was informed about the existence of this farm by some other maulers. Option B, he was the last of Chinway's crew who stopped off to scavenge on the way to pick up oranges. Or option C, he was a random roamer who just lucked across the place. Think option C is probably just too, just a little too random. Unless he have... like, came across someone with that note in their pocket. Yeah, I think it's too random. I'm, I personally would lean towards B, it being a member of Chinway's crew. I don't think it would be a mauler because, again... My thought would be that if the Maulers knew about it, they would have wiped it clean, and there would be nothing left. They either would have stripped the entire thing of all of its fruit, or they would have, you know, just taken that place apart. So, okay, this is my question. So, you know, when Kalani, not Kalani, I keep calling Victor Kalani, when Victor and, uh, when Victor and Saul. You really do have a Kevin you know, Freudian slip. When I, yes, when I was writing my notes for the summary, every, t- every time I met Victor, I wrote out Kalani, so I had to do a find and replace on the entire thing. Because <laughs> every freaking word. Anyway, um, so when they found this mystery person, um, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, right? It was what hours ago, perhaps, or so. Do you when think, they found when they found the guy with the note versus where this the chapter ended? You, you, well, I guess when they found the found the guy with the note until like now. Okay, that's probably about five six hours. Okay, and then they had, they had to go. They had to. Then how long ago was the the like the tower topple? What I'm saying is, is that, that guy hasn't been dead for that long. Do you think Chin Wei would automatically assume he was dead, and therefore she's like, well, everyone's gone or dead? You know what I'm saying? He okay. So if he has she's been... being secret squirrel about it and saying, well, there's someone out in the field that might come back, but unless she found the body, just thinking does, out loud. Does she have the little bandit eye eye thing in like the little trench coat? The secret what? squirrel. Secret squirrel. I don't understand. Never mind. <laughs> what is this? I don't Someone even... will understand it. Um, I think that's the name of it. Anyway, moving along. Um, I think that that would make put the guy dead for like about forty eight ish hours. Mm-hmm. If we're saying that he died right around the time the tower collapsed, because tower but collapses. Didn't they say that he was fresh because he hadn't turned. Oh, he had turned. 
But it, he had turned, but he had okay. That's where I was confused. Like he had he had turned, but he wasn't like he wasn't like decrepit turned. Right, right. So that would put him uh, like around maybe let's say I don't know forty eight hours. I'm just spitballing the number. So the tower, like he dies the day the tower collapses. The tower collapses. Saul and Victor uh, escape the behemoth. They sleep overnight in the office building. So that's twelve hours. They go back. Well, I guess it might have only been. Who knows? 24 to, 24 to 48 hours, let's say. Yeah. I guess it really doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know if she would be like, well, you know, I have one of my men out in the field. And he's, I'm not sure if he's alive or dead. but I doubt she'd tell Sol or I doubt or, um, that, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. That was Man, no one can get Victor's name straight. That was you keep call- Brittany keeps calling him Kalani. You just try to call him Angel. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Too many No characters. Victor love. <laughs> Otto, I love you. You're awesome. And I will always call no, you I Victor. Didn't- Oh, did I almost call? You did. Almost yeah, call I almost Angel. did call Victor Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, right. So I guess I think we pretty much covered most of everything. Um, here's a okay, and then here's a okay. Here's a theory from Have Crowbar Will Travel. He says the theory about Chinway being from a correctional facility, assuming the prison, is a sound one. I think that's why there are so many files on the Maulers. That's another interesting theory. Um, that would explain her training and her badassery. If she was a guard, sure. If she was a guard at the prison. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's another theory. All right, so that is all I have for theories and other story points. I mean, I think we've covered pretty much most of them. However, if you have anything else you want to bring up, please bring it up. No, I think that was pretty much everything that the forum covered. Yeah, I think so. You cool, Brad? I'm fresh out, so yeah. Okay. All right, so now let's get to some listener mail, and I think we're at 35 minutes right now, so we have time to get to some of this. And some of this dates back till January, and I apologize for not getting to it now, but we are here. We're taking care of business. All right. Oh, my God. I wonder what happened to, to, to Michael and the helicopter crew. Because you didn't get to it in January <laughs> when know. they asked the I actually question. got one of those in here. And this It was a girl, and she sent me an email. She's like... You know what? She's like, if you listen to the end of season two, you know, there's an extra, like, clip at the very end. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Hey, you know what? There are people that still don't know that exists. Hey, just in case you didn't know, go back to the end of chapter 24 and listen through the credits like you never do. There's a little tidbit of information in there. Go for it. Yeah, there's a a couple guys that they pick up. Mm. Yeah, it was at a bar. It was really sexy time. (laughs) <laughs> oh, super sexy times. Alright, so this one comes from Luke Walker. He says, hey, Brit and guests. I am a British listener from Little London, England, and I've been getting all of my friends hooked on We're Alive. I'm loving your podcast about a podcast. I'm on episode 22, discussion on season two finale, and I can't get enough of the theories and predictions. It's particularly enjoyable listening to your earlier predictions when I know what has already happened. But what gets me, after everything that's happened, you or no one else thought Kalani was the rat. Here's my theory. Kalani was sent by the Maulers to be a mole in the second tower as he arrived. Okay. So I think he pretty much had the same theory that we were talking about earlier. Most likely. I don't question his backstory. He could still be from Hawaii. The Maulers could have picked him up and other survivors, not from the prison. What else is interesting is that if the Maulers have Angel, then they have Kalani's confession. So that's my theory, and I am sticking with it. Oh, one point of clarification. They do mm-hmm. not have Kalani's journals. Hope does. Right, they're in the backpack, They're in the right? backpack that okay. was supposed she to be with Lady. She can't read them. She can't. Are they in braille? <laughs> She's not entirely blind. She could hold it, like, 
an inch from her like face. Like two her nose. I yeah. know. I guess I have to pick up all the And then she'll get grease stains all over because she's a teenager and all pimply. Oh well. Aww. Hey, Greg's gone. Someone's got to hate on Hope, I guess. I and guess that's I, true. <laughs> I can't actually do it. The best I can Somebody say is she's got me. a greasy pizza face because she's a teenager, and most teenagers have that. And proactive is probably not very accessible at the moment. <laughs> she can't see it, so she don't care. She's exactly. <laughs> I mean, okay. P- poor Hope. Poor Hope. Okay. Poor. Okay. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm I'm putting it. I'm putting a moratorium on it. I'm not going to make fun of Hope anymore unless she oh, yeah, actually right. deserves it. Okay, sure. Oh, uh, he also says, P.S. As a Brit, I hated Pippin, and I'm glad that horrible Dick Van Dyke accent got shot in the face. I'm wondering how, again, we we brought this up last season, but I'm wondering how much of it was fake. Oh, the like, accent. The the accent. And right. Chip, chip, cheerio, all that rot. Hip, hop, yep. Like, right. that, it's Probably it's too. what you would think the stereo, it's, it's what Dick Van Dyke sounded like in Mary Poppins. Right. And everyone was like, that's the dumbest accent I've ever heard in my life. And it's true. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. what Pippin sounded like. He did. I agree. All right, this next one comes from Bobby. I think the way little ones and behemoths, etc., are made is that they are normal zombies. And when they die, they are taken back. And from the little ones and behemoths and the parts they... Okay, this person did not use one grammar. Piece of grammar. <laughs> Punctuation and is neither, your friend. And neither okay. did you describing their bad grammar. Okay. They didn't use one grammar. I know that that didn't make any sense. I just I, I just totally pwned myself. <laughs> <laughs> that grammar so bad. Okay. Me fail English. Where That's impossible. Is you? <laughs> I blame my lack of sleep. Okay, I'm just gonna read this out as, and then we can try to make out of it what we will. There I go again. All right. I think the way Water little ones and behemoths, etc., are they have their normal zombies, and when they die, they take them back, and <laughs> they take them back, and from little ones and behemoths, and the parts they don't need go into a pile, like when Angel and Riley hide in when they're rescuing Datsu from the arena. Period. Okay. Omg. So here we go. It's ah. the Franken zombie theory. Exactly. Yes. Which requires the idea that. They can uh, sew or some shit. <laughs> right. You have to be able to piece together to make them a fully functional thing. If they were shambling, I could buy it more. But since they are fully functional and running and jumping and leaping and, uh, you know, we finally saw the picture of what the behemoth looks like, which is mm-hmm. massive right. and huge. It looks like a, a 10, 12 foot tall mound of humanity. <laughs> um There'd be like that, arms and limbs and legs and things falling off. And right, it would be like you you shouldn't be able to function that way. And I'm really gonna eat the crow. I'm gonna eat so much crow if that turns out to be the case. But <laughs> yeah. I just can't. I can't imagine how we create the little ones. I haven't seen the picture of this thing. The oh, behemoth. It, it's the chapter but artwork. It doesn't look all stitched together, right? Because wouldn't that have to be if <laughs> like you're using. You know, right. leftover and parts. Exactly. That's the, that's why I call it the Franken Zombie Theory. Is that yeah. you're taking bits and pieces of everyone else and sewing them together. Uh, it's the the Behemoth is the chapter artwork for twenty five. Okay. Wait. Okay. Now that being said, my memory might be a little fuzzy. But when they were in the hospital, wasn't there yes. a bunch of like operating tables that looked like they had a bunch of tools and stuff on them? Yes, but but you'd have to assume that the zombies were the ones now doing it. Okay. Well, it's not. If the zombies are the ones doing it, fine, great dandy. Now, the point <laughs> yeah. was is that it was we were seeing all the fingernails and stuff on the floor. Right. So maybe that's the sh- the sharpening of the claws of uh, the little, the little, little ones. ones. Yeah. So maybe that's what that is all about, or maybe it's a torture chamber, and that's oh, who knows. Because that was you know the dude in the pinstripe suit. That was his little domain, and that's oh. when we saw him. So. Right. I'm sure we'll who find knows? out soon enough. 
<sighs> not soon enough for some people. No. Comrade Narf writes, Hey, lovely, we're not dead folks. Question for you. As the show has progressed, Saul has grown more and more reckless. I think there is a strong chance that Saul will not, will, that Saul will only get worse. And when Lizzie is within his grasp, he'll do something so foolish it'll ultimately get someone killed. Yep. The question is this. Even if you don't agree with this theory, who do you think is most likely to snuff it due to Saul's screw-up? Hot wings rule. Yes, they do, Comrade Narf. They certainly do. Yes. Um, Buffalo so wings who? are better. <gasps> oh, same thing. I know. Yeah. Over here, it's the same thing. All right, so uh, who is going to be the first to die due to Saul's stupidness? I kind of want to say Victor. See, I think Victor kind of levels him out, though. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Like, he's, he's, he's very the voice diplomatic. Of reason. He steps in yeah. when Saul's going all batshit on his tangent. But if Victor dies, then I can see that definitely happening. <laughs> if Victor dies, I wonder if that would be what Saul would need to calm him down. I mean, at this point, do you think as soon as Saul gets Vic, Saul gets Lizzie, do you think that'll set him level-headed again, or do you think he's ever been level-headed? I think that he has been. Le- he was level-headed. He was very level-headed in the and like when he went out with um, Bert and Lizzie mm-hmm. on the tanker mission. He was very level-headed to the point that mm-hmm. he followed the Maulers back to their little their little rat hole and. Mm-hmm. Found out where they lived and made it back, and blah blah blah. He was very rational, like very proactive, defending the tower from right. a, a very, very potentially large threat. But ever since Lizzie and him got together, he's just become irrational, which is why I've called him Romeo and her Juliet, mm-hmm. because eventually they're both going to die, and it's going to be because of something that they do. It, I don't see them making it out. Saul's going to get someone killed. And I think it's going to be him, and I think it's going to be Lizzie. I just think Lizzie's going to go first. Oh, God. That'd be awful. I would, wouldn't it? That would be very sad. What do you think, Brad? I'm, I'm still, you know, going through the seven stages of death of what <laughs> Nick just said, because this is, like, my two favorite characters. So I'm just like, oh, I know. No. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry to bring up. You know, the up. first, I'm, I'm in, and I'm in stage one, so I'm in denial right now. So <laughs> I don't know if I have much to add right now. That's okay. <laughs> No, I think we all agree, though, that someone will ultimately suffer because of Saul's... Because one of these times, he's just going to push it too far, or no one will be there to hold him down, and shit's going to hit the fan. That all definitely right. happens. Next, from G-Man. I'm not sure if anyone has thought of this yet. It's too good for me to be the first one to come up with it. But if We're Alive should sell, we're alive should sell t-shirts that say, quote, I'm Paul, and I have a picture of him, Paul the zombie with powers of speech in the tower. If this shirt is created, it would be awesome. P.S. If I am the first to come up with this idea, I should get a free t-shirt. No. Casey. You don't get free things. Nobody gets? gets free things. No. Free right. bad. Napster. So, Napster bad. So the official We're Napster Alive bad. store... Go to shop.zombiepodcast.com, and they do have some clothing items there. They do not have one with Paul on it, but they do have some awesome ishnet. And they're only 12 bucks, and they're pretty awesome. I have a few mm-hmm. t-shirts myself. I will vouch for their awesome sauce. And it support the starving actors of War Alive. Yeah, man. They need to eat, too. Okay. Here's one from kmora94. Now that Datsu has got his first confirmed zombie kill, I think he's finally ready to step up and replace Michael as a leader of this group. That's why Michael wouldn't let him off the helicopter at the fort in case he showed up more of his marks. Oh, in case he showed off more of his markman skills. I think Riley is going to be the next main character to die, probably from alcohol poisoning. What do you think is going to happen at Fort Irwin? If it's only a small number of zombies they could take, or will they will they take over it, or will they fly off and look for somewhere else? Love the show. Okay, so when did Datsu get his first confirmed zombie kill? He got um, the first confirmed zombie... Well, okay. I don't know that the, the one in the helicopter was the first one. 
but I'm pretty sure that the that's the it's one the that first we documented. Da- yes, because <laughs> when he fell through the trap in chapter whatever eight or whatever right. the hell before he had taken the arena, he did get a few shots off with like a shotgun, wasn't it? Or was it a handgun? Oh, it was boy, a handgun. I can't remember. remember? Either way, he got shots off with a gun that th- that things were at point blank range as well. So I feel mm-hmm. like he probably got at least a couple of those there, but. He was very excited about it, so maybe that was the first time he actually killed one. Maybe, maybe that's why he's all cocky now. <laughs> which is all the I more. I still love to... that freaking line. <laughs> which one? Like, I... That he gave Michael what, from the episode before that. Oh, when oh, they were, were going to get lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> he is awesome. Uh, okay, let's see here. We have another one from Shal Shaline Shaline. I'm sorry, Shaline Shaline. I just butchered her name. Um, this person says, "I discovered we are alive about a month ago and started." Oh, this was also sent on January 14th. Um, I discovered we are alive about a month ago and started listening to "We're Not Dead" at the live show a couple episodes ago. I was surprised at all the talk about Kalani's epic death. To me, it seemed obvious that he was going to die, and he had to redeem himself for being the Tower Mole. It only makes sense after the death of Pippin. Michael's okay. My text just died on me. Okay, Did Michael. Okay, right, after, the, after the death of Pippin, Michael assumed that the mole was the killer, and Pippin died because he could recognize the mole. The mole killer took special care not to hurt Angel or Hope in the process, leading Michael to believe the tower had since won the mole's loyalty. This was soon after Kalani and Angel defeated the behemoth together on the MRE finding mission. If dropping a building on a zombie with someone doesn't inspire loyalty, I don't know what does. Exhibit B is the journals Kalani asked. Kalani asked Angel to retrieve as his dying wish. I believe these journals will explain Kalani's actions and motivations as the Tower Mole. He confessed his misdeeds by seeing that Angel got those journals and cleared his conscience with that strategic crash. Agreed. I mean, you know, I I think, you know, yeah. Exhibit B. Agreed. Agreed. Disagree. Well, I've already gone to that like six times this episode alone. Yeah, mo- so it, I'm gonna I wouldn't it go. be surprised, but, you know, then Casey's also the mastermind of... Yeah. Of... I mean, like, I, you know, I, leading you one way and then... Like we said, I agree with it. I think it's... Well, yeah. I and and again, just, that. Do that again. Just, just one more okay, point to uh, it. Okay, we have one... <laughs> one more point, damn it! Never mind, go ahead, forget it. I've already no, said no, it. No, no, what? No, the point was that... I brought it up at one point that killing Pippin was a very self-centered act, and that's not the kind of act that someone that just killed themselves in a helicopter does to protect themselves. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. If he, really, if he really had a clear conscience and was really trying to realign himself, mm-hmm. he says, no, this person is bad. Here's why this is it. And he confesses then and there instead of doing it through the journals, which he, if that's the case, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, killing self it w- was very self-serving. Sacrificing himself was not very self-serving. It was very team-oriented goal. That's why I'm saying that the two things are not uh, aligned. Mean, They're not aligned properly in my own head. He, you know, Kalani's not a... To just play devil's advocate here, Nick. Um, oh, by all means, Kalani, please. you know, doesn't have the the power of foresight to be like, oh well, you know, I don't need to kill him because I'm going to sacrifice myself later on when no, everything goes to hell in a handbag and <laughs> <laughs> they're going to blow up the tower with this tanker. So no, no, I I understand that, but I'm saying that like if they if he was really truly aligned and he was really enforced with that, uh, and and wants to stay on the right side of the tower, why kill? Why not just confess and throw yourself on the mercy of someone that you know you now have a, a, an ally, an angel. Maybe he can help you get through it. That's what I Maybe. think. Maybe. All but, right. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's hard to figure out until we actually get told who's the rat, what was Kalani's story, who actually right. killed Pip, and blah, blah, blah. We can exactly. theorize up the wazoo, which, you know, we've kind of done. 
We have. We have. Yes, indeed. All right. Last one comes from Bradley Chambers. I made it through season one and season two within a month. I'm really struggling with the slowness of 20 minutes a week. When will season three end? I'm considering banking at least a chapter at a time. Have the creator said how many seasons it will be? How is the show funded? Um, season will be four four seasons. I mean, the series will be four seasons. Um, the show is funded, you know, through ads. I think sponsors through the sales they make. I mean, these guys aren't paid for donations. What they do. Reef Systems Inc. Reef Systems Inc. <laughs> yes. I mean, again, and Rex know. Zombie Killer. Let's and get Rex, the, let's get with the recent uh, money train. Killer. Three dogs, a cat, and a gorilla with a say, baseball bat. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Michael Swan freaking kills that narration, though. I don't care. I, I love that guy's voice. Um, like you know, like I said, though, these guys aren't paid for what they do for all their hard work. You know, um, so if you want to support the cause, I don't know if they still have a donate button on the forum. Oh, indeed, we do. It, it is, is zombiepodcast.com/slash/forum. Zombievaca. Um, it's on the upper uh, taskbar. You'll see home wiki blogs. What's new and donate. Click donate. It'll take you to PayPal. Mm-hmm. Donate what you got and. Um, if you are Everything a member of the have. forum, we give you some rep for it, so you get cool little green bars next year uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and the and the satisfaction of knowing that you helped a good cause. And they also you can also purchase merchandise from the zombie. I mean, um, yeah, from the the official store. Uh, by you know the remastered season one and season two audio sets, which kick amazing, awesome. Are the season two remasters out yet? They are right. Oh yeah, absolutely. They were out the in like October. Ones? They are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I got mine like uh, just before Halloween yes. last year. Yes, I'm losing it. Um, yeah, no, but all those things they go straight to you know the the cause, if you will, and you know the more dough they make, the more awesome things they can do, and they've done some pretty awesome things in the past. It's true. Yeah. Um, as as far as when season three will end, I don't know if there's even is there a date out? I mean, last no, season. No, uh, there's yeah, the production ended, schedule. Like what summer? But I think it's all you know going to depend on the story and how many episodes it is and whatever. I think it's supposed to be twelve chapters per season. At least that's the way it's been going. Twelve so chapters, far. but uh, if you go, it, hey, where the hell is it? My internet. I was gonna dying. say, you know, we we you never know because like this week, I think they're taking a break until March. You know, they're taking a break until March 6th now, until the next season will, um, till the next chapter will release. So there's some weird breaks in there and blah, blah, blah. And that's all I'm trying to say, but it was really hard to say all of that. All right, you guys, I think I need to stop talking because I am getting delirious. And I think the only way I can mend this deliriousness is by playing lots of Skyrim. So I think that's what I'm going to go do now. All right, so unfortunately, kids, we have lost Nick Voodoo. I think he, um... He went out into the further. He did. <laughs> Poor guy. He jumped... Have you seen Insidious? Huh? Yes, have you seen I have. Insidious? <laughs> okay, yes. Then you I have. I did understand awesome. that. He jumped off a ledge. He went to the light. He went to the dark side. <laughs> so um, I will wrap this up with Brad at my side. So <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. Brad, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having and me. And if Nick were here, I'm sure he'd say something nice, cute, and witty, but he's not. So. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, dude. So thank you for listening, guys, and we are out. <laughs>